Michael Scott of Newcastle, Newcastle, Delaware. Yeah, Newcastle, Delaware. That's right, baby. That's right. Michael Scott, not of Dunder Mifflin. Dude, I'm going to use that as a, as a, as a promo to my freaking show. That's what I'm going to do. That was amazing <laughs> and awesome all at the same time. But please use it. Please use it. It'll be neat. Yeah, I will. What's up, man? How's it going, man? I mean, Dude, trying, I haven't man. seen you. I haven't seen you in years, man. I know. Yeah. A lot's changed. Lots changed. Yeah, you had a you had a way bigger beard. That's all I know. All I can tell is your beard's different. Your beard's oh, a little yeah. different. That's all. The only difference I see. <laughs> well, you're missing a lot, brother. I've, I've lost it. But last time you saw me, I was pushing about three forty-five. I'm at two hundred now. I lost okay. a lot of weight. I lost a shit ton of weight, man. Yeah, I know. I I, I was just kidding around. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. It's okay. I saw. Yeah, I, uh, big Mike's not big anymore, but I'm still Big Mike. Yeah. If you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I was I was ta- I was like talking to Grey Wolf about it, and I was like, "Oh yeah, Big Mike, I love that dude." And then <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, you ain't so big anymore." Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I still got a big mouth, and I still wear big shoes, and I still wear. Never mind. But uh, yeah, so you're, you're tall too, right? Though, weren't you like a yeah, tall dude? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what six, you, what, what, six two. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like. Yeah, it's funny because people call me Medium Mike. I'm like, dude, I'm still Big Mike. I'll, I will always be Big Mike. I got too much money invested in this brand. I got to be Big Mike forever. Yeah, I mean, a lot of time and effort has gone into the 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 name Big Mike. Yes, you it has. You can't just lose a ton of weight and then not be big anymore. I mean, you're still <laughs> yes, big. Exactly. Yeah, big, yeah. Big, big is almost a mindset, too. Like, it's not just... like. Uh, what, what we learned for like through being in the ring is like you got to present yourself as big. Yeah. You just like that's a mindset. You got to like carry yourself like you belong there. That's a real, that's a real presentation. Yeah. So big isn't just about what you physically are, and you don't got to be so damn literal. Right. Yeah. Well, I was. You know, when they would call me that, sometimes that's what kind of where I was and. It worked out, you know, for the time, but, you know, I, I think, I, I tell everybody, I will always be Big Mike. I don't care if I weigh 100 pounds. I will always be Big Mike. Um, I saw, <laughs> I saw just uh, the, like, there was a video where you were, like, showing, you were, like, showing, like, your 205 self. Yeah. You were showing your 205 self, and I was like, well, why didn't he turn the audio off on that? Like, there's, like, the dryer going off in the background. <laughs> well, you know, was, you can't win them all. You can't win them all. You really can't, well, you know. I, you know, it's it's perfectly imperfect, and that's what's great. That's I wouldn't change a thing about it being imperfect, because once things are so so, like, polished, it's, like, manufactured. We need some yeah. something to be organic. We need something to be just as raw as it is. You, you and, know, I, uh, I I live my life that way. That's kind of my thing. You know, I am perfectly imperfect. I mean, I even my shows are like fifteen minutes long. We don't talk. I, I get what I got to say out there, and I'm done because nobody wants to hear my fucking ass ramble. You know <laughs> what I mean? So yeah, if that's the case, they'll just download one of the audio books that you narrate. There you go. You can learn everything from there. 
BDSM Poems, Volume 1, available on Audible right now. So, how long have you been doing that gig? Ah, uh, oh, shit. Uh, about, I don't know, four or five years now? Yeah, we built this studio about two years ago. I'm in my studio now, what you're talking to me in my studio. Um, yeah. We built this studio now, and then I quit for like a year. I just stopped. And, you know, I ended up having the surgery and I really feel like I was not really ready. And mm-hmm. we ended up having the surgery. And after I had the surgery, you know, I started doing the weight loss thing. And now, you know, I was in the competition and I got hit up uh, by a lady. I know she sent me an audition thing, see if I was interested in auditioning. And I, I got up. I said, you know what? It was a lot. They're offering a lot of money. So I said, right. you know, I looked at the wife. I said, you know, I really think I could I could make a go with this this time. I think we could do something. And uh, she said, I think so, too. So all of a sudden, I went from nothing to four books, like, in a matter of, like, a day. Dude, I got, I got a little studio here. <laughs> I, can, hey, I, hey, I, hey, I could get in on some of that work. You got to help me. It's not hard. You got to help me make hard. a reel, dude. Don't dude, you have to have that? It's not hard to do. Okay. No, I mean, this, this is what I did. This is how I got started. I found some books, even, even using old audition scripts. You know, you, you find what genres you like. Like, I kind of fucked with a lot of stuff. I did a lot of, like, poetry, and and I did one about self, um, out-of-body experiences. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, that, that was very boring. But, like, right. I'm doing this. The book I'm, I'm working on now is a, a handbook of tantric sex. It's a nonfiction uh, book. And mm-hmm. I, I love that. I love romance and erotica, so I'm doing that. And I love horror, and I'm doing that. And I'm doing a, a funny one about white supremacy. Believe it or not, they're making fun of white supremacists. So right. I'm like a book, too. And I love, yeah, the farce. Like a, what was that? Oh, the the... What was the the show where it was like Colonel Clink and they were just like making fun of Nazis? Oh, God. Hogan's Heroes. Yeah, Hogan's Heroes. Yeah, not F2. Hogan's Heroes. Yeah. Right. I know nothing. I know nothing. Yeah. So, Living the Dream, right? That's the name of the show. The name of your show is Living the Dream. Um, yeah, and the dream I saw you yeah. giving some, giving a little bit of credit to what? Are, what are the five steps? What is that? Oh, oh yeah, the five steps. So what I was talking about was, you know, I had uh, bariatric surgery a couple of years ago, and there is a lot that goes into it that people don't realize. People realize they think it's just a quick fix to be from going from fat to skinny. Yeah, and there's a lot to this thing that no one thinks about, no one knows about. Hell, I didn't even know about it until I started doing it. Right. And so, uh, my, and my platform has always been, people think that this is what they call the easy way. Like, I got family that tells me all the time, well, you did it the easy way, you cheated. And I'm going, <laughs> do you understand, do you understand what really the easy way is? Right. You know, the easy way is, I go under, they cut out half my stomach, and then they suck the fat out after they do it. I didn't do that. They just went in, and they cut half my stomach out. 
I was still 350 pounds when I woke up on that damn table. You know, that didn't change. But, you know, I had, it was what to do to be successful. Because people do it and they're not. And that's my big, that's my platform, I guess. So, yeah. Right. It's, it's like, um, it, there's no shortcut to it. It's no, right. it's no, it's no, it's no quick fix. There is nothing, there's no such thing as a quick fix. Like you can, you can fix a faucet, but you can't fix a person. Like it doesn't exist. There, right. there, there is no, there is no solution without work. You must absolutely continue yeah, oh, working. Oh, yeah. I got to so, tell you, Corey, uh, Corey, that was fucking deep, man. I mean, I was kind of, that hit me right in my soul. I hit me right in my soul. I got to tell you that. That was like real deep. That's great. Uh, but there is, there is no, there is no shortcut. Like there is no shortcut, man. It's it just people don't get it. They think they think it's easy, you know. And I have right. to tell them. I, I told my cousin, and I'm not gonna say his name. He knows who he is if he's listening to it. But my cousin told me we were. They said, "You, you did it." And I was like, "Do you? Let me tell you what the easy way is." And I'll tell everybody at home the easy way. I'm gonna tell you right now, people. If you're obese and you want to lose weight, I'm going to give you the easy way right now. These are the steps to lose 150 pounds in about a year. Okay, so what you do is, first off, you burp a lot because your stomach is small until all that shit's trying to digest. You eat about four ounces of food a day. You, you eat four ounces of food three times a day. Okay? Mm. You get up at four o'clock and you get up, yeah, yum, yum. You get up, oh, mm. by the way, there is no sweets, there's no white potatoes. It's protein, some rice, vegetables. Okay, so then, low sugar, low carb, there you go. Then you get up at 4 a.m. when the gym is open, because right now it's not open, but you get mm. up, and you get up, and as C.T. Fletcher would say, you get your ass in the gym, and you work out for an hour and a half. And then you go to work. Oh, oh then you go to work. And then mm-hmm. you eat your two meals a day, your four ounces of food, and then come home and drink a gallon of water. So there you go, guys. There's the secret. You're welcome. Sim- you don't owe me a dime. Simple and easy. Way easy. Sounds <laughs> yeah. such sounds like a cinch. <laughs> as easy as it sounds, nobody wants to fucking do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Dude, you know, you you get into a situation where where you're heavy or whatever, whatever situations you're in, if you're unhappy with yourself, you got that way through the easy path. You're not going to get out of that through the easy path. You got to do the hard work on that. Like, yeah, a saying I say a lot on my podcast, on my podcast involving with Corey Castle, I constantly say. Um, if you go in the bookstore, you're never going to find a section. Uh, you'll, you'll find a big section called self-help and there's lots of books and there's a million dollar industry, multi-million dollar industry of self-help books, but you won't find a self fix section because that doesn't exist. Like somehow you you can go in the toy store and buy Harry Potter magic wand though. If you that's if you want to try to fix stuff, you can you can swipe a magic wand at it and see if that helps. 
Yeah. But it isn't. I mean, it ain't going to fix it. You know, but I tell you what, we'll fix it. And this is what I've done. And I, it's not, this thing is not a, you can't do it overnight. Well, you can, you know, but you're going to struggle. You're going to have your, your falls, your pitfalls. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. like with me, um, what I did was the day I got that surgery, I went to my wife who was taking me to the hospital. And I said, baby, I'm going to tell you now, I'm going to be different when I wake up. I'm just going to be different. And and that was the mentality I had going. I went under and I came back a different man. But I had right. to change my mind. I had to, ch- you know, that's the key to this whole thing, man. You've got to change your mind. If we, if we have the same mind frame we always have, we'll always do the same things we always did. It's never going to change. The right. moment we change what we think, what we're putting into the brain, the moment your life will change. You, you sing a different song, you live a different song. Mike, I don't know if you knew about my surgery at all. I, I mean, I don't, oh, I don't really. I what's up? I didn't. Go ahead. Tell me. Okay. You want to share. <laughs> so, uh, I, I mean, I've talked about it a bazillion times. So, it kind of seems like I, I skim over it a lot. But I, I had brain surgery in 2011, right? So, um, there, was abs- they were like, okay, well, your wrestling career is over. Like, just give it up. It's time. You know, like, there's absolutely no way you should come back to wrestling. Uh, and <laughs> a lot of a lot of it was, um, it was it was called an AVM, right? An arterial venous malformation. So, okay. uh, okay. it was. I just had a, a real a real heavy grand mal seizure while I was in the shower, right? So oh, sure. then they took. Then they helicoptered me to University of Pennsylvania and like all day testing, all scans, all all, everything. I don't remember any of it, but at the end of it, uh, they were like, okay, we found out it's this and you're going to have to have this brain surgery. And, uh, it was called a craniotomy. And I remember saying like, you know what? Don't worry about it. I'm just going to live my normal life with it. And it's fine. I want to go back to wrestling. I don't want to have to stop working out. I don't want to cut my hair. Like my hair was that high of my importance. Like don't want to mess my hair up. Um, Listen, I can die, but don't fuck with my hair. I'm just saying, don't right. fuck with it too. My hair, my hair is important. <laughs> right. So, so it's the gimmick, then, man. It's part of the gimmick, man. Right. Exactly. It's part of the gimmick. So the, the, the surgeon who, uh, who was consulting with me was like, I was 27 at the time, and he was like, hey, if I, if I don't do this, you're going to be dead by 31. He might have said 34, but I'm pretty sure it was 31. Um, and, the, I mean... The 30s, the 30s, the 30s. We're in the right. 30s, so it doesn't matter. Be, be dead in my 30s. I'm 36 now. Um, so, you, you know, I, God bless you. I, I lived right through that. Um, but when I went into surgery, I remember going like, hey, you know... I'm going to come out of this a whole new standard of who I am. I'm going to have a whole new set of standards for myself. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to work with people I don't want to work with. I'm not going to take bumps I don't want to take. I'm not going to work for shows like indie shows that I don't want to work for. Nothing, you know, and I was like, I'm not going to accept lo- less pay than I want. And, and, and then I came, when I came back, eventually I got back in the ring 13 months after the surgery and 
I was calling myself the new standard, Corey Castle. And that was the thing. I came up with that while I was on the gurney being wheeled into the room to have my head cut open. Yeah. So that's crazy. You like Chris Say? Say did that. I went to see. Uh, I don't know. Do you know Chris Say from West Virginia? He did a lot with uh, Covey Pro, who was the announcer for them. Chris Saint. No, I don't. Okay, well, there's a guy named Chris Saint. He has cancer, so he was in Virginia at the time, and I went to go see him in the hospital. I walk in, and I look up, and and you know his gimmick is Chris Saint. And on the board, at the hospital, he made everybody call him Chris Saint. And I and I, I was thinking to himself, even when you're like in this situation, you say like, no, no, no. I'm still thinking about what I love, which is wrestling. Give her a call to me, Chris Saint. Same thing <laughs> with you. You can think about a million different things, but the thing you thought about was, dude, I can get a new gimmick through this. I like it. The new standard Corey Castle. Yeah, fuck that. I like that. Yeah, cool. Let's do this thing, man. Come on. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's yeah. awesome, dude. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I, and, you know, I, I definitely always look at, I was, and through, through the coming back process, you know, I was like trying to, I was doing more stand up comedy and I was more like working on my, like my mics and my promos, my mic skills and my promo skills. And I was saying on the mic, um, you know, any person who walks through fire is a different person on the other side of the fire as they were before they walked through it. So yeah. my, my wrestling career was never better. My wrestling career was the best after I had brain surgery uh, and probably changed what my, my empathy was and my, uh, my attitude towards other people. Like my ego was kind of different, you know, as, Kind of gone yeah. at that point. Yeah, it, hell yeah, yeah. It took a lot of perspective. I mean, dude, you add, you just added years to your life, man. That's that's something yeah. that's amazing for you, you know. And uh, anybody anybody who tries to take take away your accomplishments is is just confused. They're just confused, yeah, yeah. and it's not something you got to be well, mad at no. them about. No, I don't, I don't get mad. I just tell the truth. And I say, okay, well, I did the easy way. Let me tell you what the easy way is. And I tell you what the easy way is. You go, shit, that really isn't easy. No, that's not easy at all. So, it, right. you know, the only thing I did was I had a little governor. That's all I got a govern put in. That's all I got, you know. But, I, you know, it's like, I don't know. You know, I my father died in his 40s. And I'm in my 40s. And, right. and you know, it's like a, it's like a curse of the family. And so my father was smaller than I was. I was actually heavier than he was when he died. And that really, I was just, I had just gone out of control, man. But, you know, I lost that weight. And I, I, I will tell you this story, too. When I did the WBFF, I did it on a whim. I did it on a whim. It's the World Beauty Fit and Fashion uh, promotion. They do, like, fashion shows and muscle models and fitness models and shit like that. Well, I did this division, transformation division, and I did it on a whim. I just said, you know, fuck it. I'm going to do it. I want to see what's going to happen. Give me something. I'm doing crazy shit anyhow. I just had a little start of this weight, so I'm going to just do it. I did it, and I remember walking in, and there's beautiful women, muscular guys. I'm talking on money suits, 
I had a guy walk around with Louis Vuitton shoes, and I'm standing there, this pick from South Georgia, in a, in, a, in a cold suit, and I'm going, I don't deserve to be here. I really don't. I, I, I'm not. That, that mind frame is coming back. There's a, a lady named Moak. Mo and her boyfriend stopped me. And they, we were talking before, and she goes, what's wrong? I said, I, I, don't, I don't belong here. She goes, you belong here more than anybody else in this room because of your accomplishments. You belong here more than anybody else in this room. And I take that around with it the whole weekend. And I ended up qualifying for the Worlds. And then they hit me up. Me and uh, a famous fitness model, T.J. Hogan, was talking. He's a good friend of mine out of California. I know Can you say that show. one more time? It's, Can you say that one one more time? Yeah. Because our connection is getting weird. So I'm, I'm getting, yeah, I'm getting Hull. like. Say the last name again, T.J. What? T.J. Hogan. He's uh, if you've seen the movie The Perfect Physique. It's a movie Generation Iron came out with called The Perfect Physique. It's with uh, physique uh, competitors and fitness models. Okay. He's one okay. of the fitness models in this in this in this documentary. It's, okay. a, great, it's a great documentary. But um, we were talking. They told me about the virtual competition coming up. Mm-hmm. I said I'll, I'll do it. He talked. I wasn't going to do transformation. I was going to do um, fitness model. He's like, mm-hmm. no, I would do transformation right now, man. I, I said, okay, so I changed, I changed it, I did the transformation. Make a long story short, I got third place out of the world. Wow, cool. That's great, man. That's so great. And like, so in in your in your journeys and through your living the dream radio and through your, you know, what was the overall uh, what was the overall number on the weight loss? Is Over that, 150 pounds, 150, 153. I'm going to say. Considering that you do that, you voice over books. Have you considered writing your own book and voicing that over? Well, I, I, you know, I did write a book about my life called The Weird One. Um, it's funny because in the book I talk about one day I'm going to be competing in bodybuilding shows. I did talk about that in my book, believe it or not. And now, um, yeah, uh, I really would tell a lot of funny stories. It was a book I wrote, uh, it's like a memoir, kind of. It was to show my life because I've led such a, a, a wild existence, you know, through my life and all the things that I've done. And I've done a lot, and I'm only 42 years old. If I died today, there would be so many stories told about my my the legend of Big Mike will live on forever. It really, really will, and uh, <laughs> which is a great feeling to know I'll never be forgotten. But um, yeah, you you know I I wrote the book on the weird one, and that's got a lot of stories. But we are talking about writing a new book called Living the Healthy Dream, and it talks about my 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 weight loss journey and what I went through and all the pitfalls and all that. That is something that we've been tinkering with. And uh, yeah, I have been wanting to do the audiobook version of the weird one. I just ain't done it yet, to be honest. Okay. Well, so, yeah, you know, um, you, your your story, is, and and this is the funny thing when you were saying the the whole part of there's going to be a lot of stories. There's going to be a whole lot, like a bunch of stories, but also oh, I was like. Yeah. I was listening to this other podcast 
yesterday, and they were talking about 100 years, all new people. The whole world, all new people in 100 years. And then I started thinking about, like, your legacy has to, I feel like, sort of should go on beyond those 100 years. So in 100 years, when it's all new people, people are going to be learning lessons through, you know, your writings and through your recordings and through your journey. I mean, uh, I, it's it's something it's something cool to pass on. And with that, I always usually say in my podcast, which you know we'll do right now, is I always say, let's do what I'm calling audio time travel. Okay, so this is a real wow. time capsule in time, right? This is a this is a historic time. The pandemic, quarantine, all that stuff. Uh, we're living through it right now, and this is a time that no yeah. one's ever lived through before. Um, it, it's crazy, but let's say, <clears throat> let's say, twenty, thirty years from now, someone wants to come across who, who Big Mike really was, like what yeah. what Michael Scott really thought about the world and what he did to get to the point where he's evolved to. What lessons would you? What message would you give to the person who loves you and wants to wants to hear wants to hear your voice captured in time? You know, I adopted a saying that um, a buddy of mine came up with, and uh, I've even got him. I've even got him a T-shirt. We talked about uh, marketing the shirt, but it's, it says that big dreams, big goals, plus very hard work equals a big life. I say that at the end of all my podcasts. And I really believe that, like, at the bottom of my heart, man, that is what it takes. And for you to succeed in life, all you have to do is stop and just say, I'm going to do this. I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know what way I'm going to do this. But whatever that dream is, whether it's to be, you know, how the best you to say, a goddamn liar, Indian chief, or the woman of the evening, whatever it was that you want to do, to do it. You know, and, and you just but. That's the key. You gotta do it. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Do you do you have any questions that you'd want to ask me? We'll, we'll get to that in a second. Oh, you are. Tell me. Yeah, I got. I, I, well, we've been talking. I've been formulating my own plan, bro. I got my own okay. plan going on. Yeah, we're we're both very um, very spontaneous. You and I, when it comes to like the style of our our podcasts, our uh, recordings, it's always yeah. like off the cuff, off the hip, sort of shoot and tell it what it's, tell it how it is. And uh, sincerity, sincerity is key. Uh, being a genuine person with a genuine voice and a genuine message is something I, you know, I can read off of you from a mile away. Yeah. Yeah. I, I you know, I've always believed, I love, I love off-the-cuff comedians. John Rickles is probably one of my favorite comedians because he never wrote anything down. He just went out and looked at the crowd and, and had a couple. He kind of used his own jokes. No act was ever the same. You know what I mean? So, right. It's a crowd work, that's, man. That's kinda, just... I like how I, oh, yeah, dude. That's how you got to do it. It's like going in a room. I remember the heel in Atlanta. I'd be in one place, and I'd see, like, we did one thing, and the guys were, were working some guy and his niece was this big girl sitting out in the front row, came to see his uncle, and uncle worked, you know, me and my guy, right? I was his manager, Dangerous Danny Horn. And me and Dangerous came out there, and I looked over, and 
she knew this, you know, she knew this, you know, the show, or whatever, and I was screaming that, hey, fat girl, and I just kind of went off and <laughs> I just, I was calling all kinds of names and all kinds of stuff. It got so much heat, they had to call the cops. It was amazing. It was amazing. <laughs> the, it, it's, it's weird, man. Uh, roast, roast style. I'm, I'm about to do another roast podcast. Uh, I've I've done I've done a few. I did uh, the comedy Fight Club, where it's just like uh, joke joke writing, and that part is such a cool exercise for me. Like my, it's like a flexing of the comedy muscles. Like joke writing is such su- such a pleasure for me. I, like I, uh, when it comes to that sort of stuff, I can't really go off the cuff as much, but I do like having prepared material for that. Uh, I do like. When I go out and I do stand up, I love, I love when spontaneously some cool idea comes to me and I write a joke based off of a riff. Um, but <laughs> I was gonna say I recently got roasted. I recently got roasted by Gilbert Gottfried on my wrestling podcast. Oh, that's amazing! That is amazing, dude. That is awesome, yeah. man. That is awesome. <laughs> Awesome. That's, that's the kind of stuff that you'll never forget that. The King right. Roaster fucking roasted you, man. It's fucking amazing. <laughs> Gilbert Godfrey was like, hey, the only thing worse than a long-haired hippie is an unfunny long-haired hippie. Corey Castle, cut your fucking hair. And take a shower. <laughs> Yeah, that's good stuff. But that's the stuff that, you know, you'll never forget, you know? Like, I got stories about riding around with Jimmy Hart. Him On my wedding anniversary, I had to do a show in North Carolina, and I had Jimmy Hart in the car with me. And he sang happy anniversary to my wife. I can't make this shit up, you know? I, mean, I, can't, I can't make it up. It, it, it's, <laughs> you know? It yeah. was like, they did a roast for me years ago. And it was all my friends got together. My wife put it on. It was in my hometown. And they told so many stories to me about shit that we did, uh, me getting lost at the beach and everybody thinking I was dead. That's one of the favorite ones. That's in the book. Um, yeah. Me, me, me and, the, and my buddy had the shit, um, he had the shits, and we ended up stopping on the side of the road in, bump, in Backwoods, Georgia, and I left him in the middle of the woods with his pants around his ankle. <laughs> stuff like that you know these are things that that these stories that you have you just, just can't make it up i mean i got stories about me and rich steve that are non-wrestling related and uh yeah I mean, these are just stories that you just can't make up anymore 